0: George Patrick, inspiration for the nation, celebrating people we feel good about. We got a history maker in the house today and a sister who's doing just about everything, just about everything. Uh, Tamika Barnett, or should I say First Lieutenant Tamika okay. Barnett? the first African-American woman to be named in such position at the Syracuse Fire Department. So she's a fire fighter. She's now in the leadership of the fire department. She's also a commissioner of education and you're an entrepreneur. What ain't you doing, sister?
1: <laughs> I was trying to get it done.
0: I see you, I see you. First of all, congratulations. And I know that uh, it's a proud moment. What, what was it like when you got the call uh, from Chief Mons that you were going to be appointed?
1: Um, if they actually uh they come in person, so they promote you in person. So it's like a lot of anxiety because they're going around to all the fire stations and there's a lot going on, like there's transfers and promotions. And you know, they usually start out with their speeches and you know, he go to his speech and then out of nowhere he's just like because Tamika's being promoted, and I'm like, whoa, like you know, like I knew that I was up on the list because it's civil service, but like like it's a it's undescribable feeling. Like I'm I'm very proud and you know, and I'm look I'm looking forward to the journey.
0: Your actual, so it's the first lieutenant for the Syracuse Fire Department?
1: I'm the first black female lieutenant for the Syracuse Fire Department.
0: First female lieutenant for the, so first woman, first lieutenant? Nope, it's the first black woman. First black woman, okay, first black woman. That's first black, black woman, history maker. So uh, how did you get prepared for this moment?
1: You know, it, it takes some time, like it's a process because we have to um, pass a civil service exam Mm -hmm. So we want to move up the ranks like you. You got to study and it's a lot of materials. So I spent a lot of time studying, like I would say, over a couple of years and taking additional classes so that when it came time to take the exam that I was really prepared. Um, And then the second aspect of it was the interview process where now you just you live and you meeting with chiefs and all of these experts that want to that want to test your leadership ability. So preparing for that was a lot of anxiety, but we got it done.
0: I love it and you know it's interesting you say that because so you already all along knew that you wanted to be in leadership in the fire department
1: For me it's it's like it's be the change you want to see when I first came on um, Ashley you'll Danita had already retired from the fire department when I came on so there was only one other black female and her name was Ashley and she was uh, she she's a great support system like all through the academy. But then, you know, I went on, I'm a member of Focus Firefighters of Color United in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And they have these conferences. And I believe I had maybe a year and a half on. And there was a, um, a regional conference over in New Jersey. And to go there and to see so many Black female chiefs and people in leadership positions, like, it was inspiring to me. Like, when I came back to Syracuse, I'm like, no, we got to we gotta make some major changes. And, like, we really got to make a push to get people in leadership positions. So what motivated me was going there and seeing so many females in positions of power in other departments and we didn't really have that here. So that's when I started my, I need to study. This is what I need to learn. Like, it's not going to be easy, but it can be achieved.
0: where did that drive come from for you?
1: Honestly, like I'm not much of a, um, I'm more of a, I like to solve problems. So like, if there's an issue, like, you know, this is a predominantly male dominated field, like there's, it's not easy, you know, working with all guys. And it's like, for me, how do you change that? Like you put yourself in a, a leadership position um, instead of just complaining about the things you don't like, you put things in place so that you can change it, but then also make it easier for other people. And I, that that's kind of how I am. I'm like, I'm not going to remain stagnant if, if I feel like there, there's ways that we can improve and things that can be done to make life easier for other women coming on the job, especially black women.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that the first black female lieutenant in the Syracuse fire department. Uh, this is amazing. Um, uh, uh, and so uh, uh, with that, you mentioned uh, Danita Thomas, uh, the first woman and the first black woman. She, 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 you know, she had a double header going on. And she, uh, well, she had this to say about her experience and what she said about you. So uh, you mentioned uh, Danita Thomas, the first black female and first woman firefighter for the Syracuse Fire Department. Here's what she had to say about her experience.
2: Well, George, it wasn't one of the most pleasant experiences for me. Um, It took a toll on me both physically, you know, because of the the demand for the work, um, you know, and mentally. You know, to be honest, it was very stressful. It wasn't just stressful going into the fires. I had to watch my back also, Mm. you know, with the guys, you know, some of the people around me, not necessarily my crewmates that I was working with any particular night or day. But I had, you know, I had to look at it through a different lens and and do the job. Mm -hmm. So um, it took a toll, you know, I was I did it. I set, I set out to do it and I just did it. I did. uh, I stayed for 20 and a half years. I became an inspector, which I got to work on my own a little bit more. You know, after 10 years or so on the, on the front lines, fighting fires, I became an inspector and a Mm -hmm. fire marshal. So, um, you know, it's all good as a pioneer, as the first, I had to go through all the bumps and bruises. No, I had to actually um, write letters and file complaints and meet with the chiefs by myself. You know, maybe a union representative would be with me every once in a while, but they wouldn't want me to speak and say certain things, but I'd say it anyway.
0: So of the 61, uh, I believe uh, last I checked there's about four African-American women of those 61. Have you reached, have they reached out to you at all? Have you reached out to them? Have, they, have y'all had, you know?
2: Yes, Tamika Barnett and I have been in contact with each other quite a few times. I really like her. She's, she's doing a great job in the city That She's very active, I see, in other things, you know, that she's doing around the community. But um, we, I stay in touch with the others on Facebook. I try to get updates.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What are are they saying that things are similar for them or 30 years later? Are things better for them?
2: Things are better, it seems to be. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. I think things are better. Mm
0: hmm.
2: Yes. Thank God. I I was hoping that I, I, you know,
0: So what do you think? She gave you a big shout-out. Look at that big old Kool-Aid smile on your face.
1: (laughs) I I really appreciate, like, her sacrifices because if she hadn't gone through that and had the tough skin and survived it and, you know, retired from it, like, a lot of us wouldn't be in the positions that we're in now. So the type of person I am, like, I... Ask a lot of questions. So even just in knowing that there was the first female firefighter on a job was a black woman, like I immediately needed, I need to know her. That, okay. That's kind of what type of time I'm on. So I reached out to her and um and to just talked to her about her experiences and like even through the academy, the current uh I was Ashley was still currently on a job and she's a black woman, and right now she's the most senior black woman on our job. And she keeps to herself a lot, but she was there for me as well. So, like, in Durney Academy, when I'm going through stuff, I was able to reach out to her. But I think that times have definitely changed now than when Danita was on. And, I like, I give all the credit to her for that. Um, but we still got a long way to go. Like, it's mm-hmm. not perfect. Um, you definitely got to have thick skin, like, to, to, to get through this. But for me, like, I don't feel like, it's one of those jobs where everybody gonna make mistakes. So you gotta accept the fact that I'm not gonna 100% be right all the time, but you gotta, you gotta know how to recover from it. And then just understand the fact that I'm always gonna be held to a higher standard. So and understanding that I'm always gonna be held to a higher standard, I'm always gonna have to work harder, but also not so hard on myself that I'm willing to accept the fact that I'm gonna make mistakes. Like, I try to minimize them by talking to people because I feel like you don't have to make all the mistakes yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, if somebody else went through something and made a mistake and I can learn from that, that's going to minimize the mistakes that I make personally. So in contacting with other female firefighters, and not even just Anita, we just got our first female chief, and she's very helpful for every woman on the job. Like, you know, she helped me with study material. She she talks us through situations. She experienced a lot herself. Um, it's just there's like a lot of women on a job. We're not the best of friends, but when it comes down to it, like we share a lot of the same struggles. So even going through the Academy, there was other women like Rachel and Rosie Wood, the twins that are on a the job. They reached out to me about, like physically how you get through the CPAT to become a Syracuse firefighter where like a lot of other people did not and for me the fire department by no means is perfect but there was still a lot of people that looked out for me like Benita especially but then also a lot of like black and white people there's a lot of people that that don't want us there at the same time
2: mm-hmm. but I like
1: focus on the people that really supported me because I, I have a strong support system on the fire department. Because at the end of the day, anybody on that job is going to tell you the one thing about me is that I'm very vocal. Like I'm, you know, so if, if something not right, I'm gonna speak on it, but I'm also gonna work to change it. And so and this is one of those things like when you get to a point where like, you know, the fire department's a lot younger now. So it's not as bad as it was with Danita. Like a lot of these guys I went to high school with, you know, a lot of these guys graduated from Syracuse City School District. So even in dealing with them their comfort level being around black people especially black women they're a little bit more comfortable but you do still have those challenges and for me i'm going to i'm going to always try to excel because i feel like i have leadership capabilities and i know that i can do this job regardless on how people try to make you feel or how they try to belittle you at the end of the day Like I educate myself, I train, I prepare, and I also provide a support system. There was two other black females that came on together after me. And you know, I really work with them to make sure they can get through the CPAP. But this is the domino effect for all the work and the sacrifices that Danita and the ladies that came before us took.
0: What's the CPAP?
1: That's the physical fitness exam that you have to pass by the state to become Mm -hmm. a firefighter. And usually it's more challenging for women because it's is based on a lot of upper body strength so our job duties that we have to do in the field they combine it all into this one test that you have to complete within 10 minutes and 20 seconds and it's, it's not it's not easy like you you definitely have to prepare for it but like everybody brought something else to the table like it's mental like they teach you that you know being tired is mental realize sometimes when you get so tired that after a minute or two you're fine So it's Mm. like that and having the endurance and then just as a female, knowing that we're going to have to use our legs for a lot more stuff that guys can just muscle through with their arms. So it's like little pieces like that where the females on our job really came together on whether you were black or white. It's like we all had that struggle and then it really started with Danita though. Like, you know?
0: Yeah. And yeah. And and just even having a uniform that fits you. Right? right. Thank you, Danita. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nowadays, they have our women's cut turnout gear and that's all like these are all kinks that got ironed out when Danita came on. Like, you know, it like it's, it's so much stuff that that plays into a factor where she took the blunt of that blow for all women. So now we still are getting effects from it, but she took the majority of that. And I always will respect her and admire her for it. That's why, like, you know, when I got promoted, she was one of the first people I reached out to.
2: Really?
1: Because I'm like if it wasn't for her like there there wouldn't be any me right now like being promoted as the first female lieutenant and then even with the girls out like, there's some amazing women on our job and I'd imagine that in the very short future there's going to be more because they got drive they're passionate and it's like we we're about to make some waves
0: all right Hennega High school re- represent right
1: <laughs>
0: Syracuse, Syracuse city school district and i I read that you really credit uh the on point for college with helping to prepare you. Tell me about more, say more about that.
1: Well, on point, honestly, like, you know, I grew up on the east side at the Boys and Girls Club. I played basketball and like in my mind, like we didn't have uh, a lot of people in my family, like my parents didn't go to college. Like there, there are certain things that you don't even realize you don't know. Until you're presented with it, like you don't know what you don't know. So, right. like, you know, my parents never owned a house, my parents they never went to college. So, going to the boys and girls club to play basketball was just recreational for me. And then mm-hmm. one day, Jenny was there, like Donovan, and she would you know, she started on point out the trunk of her car. And of course, like, you know, we, we all we in the hood and we're like, so, this weird lady's out there pop <laughs> in the truck, pop, pop, and talk to her. We thought it was the strangest thing ever, but she kept coming back, right? You right, know, right, and I think right. that's what was important, like us seeing her, and now it's familiar familiar. familiar face and listening to her and she talked us through the process and helped us with our financial aid but then also supported me all through college I had I had no desire to go to college before I met Jenny Mm. like she had started me thinking about that and started me um to like sign me up for my SATs provided rides back and forth like you know they even attended my graduation where when one of my parents couldn't attend because she was incarcerated so it's like the what Aunt Point did for me, like, is I like, there's no way I could ever repay them for that. But I appreciate it. And I look forward and I realize how important mentors are because there was people that cared more about my future than I did at the time. And so that's why I come back and I try to do so much in the community, because sometimes that's all a kid need.
0: Yeah, you're doing like so much in the community. Where did you where'd you graduate from, by the way?
1: Uh, St. Bonaventure University.
0: Did you now? Did you play basketball when you were up there?
1: I played basketball the first couple of years there, but like playing in college and then. Also, D1, it's like a full time job and it was just a lot for me to take on, especially. And then I had to work because I didn't really have a lot of support at home. So Mm -hmm. it's like it was kind of like I had to balance it. So for the first few years I played but then my senior year, I did not. I decided to play.
0: That was it. Huh? That was it. You know, uh, we're talking with Tamika Barnett, first lieutenant, first African-American woman, a lieutenant for the city of Syracuse yes 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 we're so appreciative of you stopping by but you're also a commissioner of education like seriously
1: <laughs> oh I um I run the bitty bass I was a director of the bitty basketball league over on the east side I've been doing it for over 10 years and I was also the PTO president of H.W. Smith so I was already connected to parents and then once I figured out like the systems in the schools, I was helping parents resolve their issues. So that's kind of how I got geared into running for commissioner of education, because that was never part of the plan, but I was pretty much, I was already doing a lot of the work. Mm -hmm. And so people in the community kind of elevated me to that and put it in my head and they really supported me and I do what I can to advocate for our youth.
0: So suffice it to say, you always putting out fires. You like that pun, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) break the smoke i got you so um we you know you've been outspoken about scheduling and 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 bringing kids back into school what do you think about where we are right now i'm going to shift real quick on the educational side what do you think we are in terms of instructional and this this hybrid and, and and what do you think we are
1: uh, in, in terms of what the district did during this pandemic, I think it was phenomenal. I think students struggled, but I think it was a change for everybody. But I also know that we were leaders and other districts were following our lead with how we transitioned and what we had available for our students. So I do commend uh, the superintendent and my fellow board members for decisions that was made early to Mm -hmm. at least give our kids access and devices and start thinking about how we're gonna educate. But in terms of the overall picture, like even outside of the pandemic, I think that we're behind. And Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of it is because we were grossly underfunded. So Mm it's like for for so long, we did what we could with what we had that we really got to start advocating on a state and even federal level to bring more funding into our schools so that our students have the same resources that a lot of the schools in the outskirts have. Like we're doing what we do. We have 21,000 students. Right. You know what I mean, and we're constantly being compared to districts that might have 600. It's like the way that we operate is very differently. The things that they can do is different from what we can do, because we're doing it for every child. Every kid in the district is getting this education. We don't get to pick and choose who we want to educate and who we don't. Our teachers are they're working hard. Um, I, I do think that there's a lot of work to be done. But I think that people are genuinely are genuinely working to put their best foot forward.
0: No. Wow. Well, and, and, and then you're an entrepreneur, too. Tell me about that.
1: <laughs> oh, and, and you know what? It, it all kind of ties together because it started with Biddy Basketball over on the east side. Um, I used to play at the Boys and Girls Club. I played in that league. And then once I went to college and came back, the club lost funding. So the league went away. And I remember how... It saved a lot of kids from being in trouble. The Boys and Girls Club was a safe place for kids. So it was a goal of mine to bring that program back to the community. So me and a bunch of kids that I actually played in the league with, we got together and we brought it back. Um, Mm. And we couldn't afford to have like a nice big fancy banquet in the end where, you know, we're in these places. So I would cook all the food for like 300 people. And like, and they would come eat and families would come. The Brown Skin Band would volunteer and come and play in the gym. And it was just a big celebration. Um, so I started cooking for the masses as soon as I graduated from college. So it was harder for me to cook a meal for three people. And like, if you want me to cook for 300, I can, I can do that with my eyes closed. Like, you know, so that's what really started my cooking. And then I would just cook for everybody. It's peaceful to me. Like that's my decompress. That's how I decompress. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much going on. If I could just turn on some RB and cook, like I'm in my own little world and um, it's a stress reliever for me. And it's something that's fun. And I think that when you're going to be an entrepreneur, Whatever you're doing, it shouldn't really feel like work. Like you should enjoy doing it, and that's what made me think. Like you know what? I think that I can, I can do this.
0: So, what's the name of your business?
1: Who wants smoke, barbecue, and catering?
0: Who wants the smoke?
1: Who wants smoke? Yeah. So Who I, wants I smoke, smoke barbecue
0: catering. Okay. I'm
1: a grill master. My father. I used to grill with my father a lot. So when you're it a grill master. Cook, oh. I and smoke ribs and barbecue chicken and all of my meats are prepared on the grill.
0: Uh oh! So are you are you ready for for grill season? We got the Fourth coming up and all the Juneteenth. And Thanks,
1: ready? It, ain't, it ain't no season
0: to grill. I grill all year round. For real? Okay. We got who wants to smoke? Tamika. I got one. I know our audience is like, okay, she's a firefighter. She's on the board of education, and she got her own business. Is there any time of day that you actually sleep? <laughs>
1: a lot of people ask me that and I do like I'm typically not a morning person Um, so thank (laughs) you thank you (laughs) I I got up I got my coffee but um I rest I take vacations um and when I'm on vacation I'm on vacation because I think that that's healthy balance to have too because I do work very hard but I also I make it a point to make time for myself
0: Mm -hmm. no I really appreciate that um how special was it to have the first African-American police chief to promote you? Oh, the
1: uh, the fire chief. It, it meant a did lot. I, say like, police
0: chief? I don't know why I did that. I, I was, did that. I
1: going to correct it, but I'm like, yeah, the fire chief. I'm but, sorry. Like, Let
0: me rephrase that. How was it to have the first African-American fire chief promote you? <laughs>
1: It means so much to me because Chief Mons has believed in me since I came on the academy. When I was in the academy and having issues in the academy, he was there as a lieutenant advocating for me and representing me. And then he was on my shift once I came out of the academy and he continued to advocate for minorities and people on a job. And then also to educate, like teaching a bunch of stuff. And then even with the promotion, like, you know, I got I got a lot of lecturing like Mons is good for his lectures, but he dropped some jewels and it's stuff that that I can carry with me. And at the same time, if I'm going to help other people, because I stated like I don't want to be the last female black female to be elected or um, promoted. There's more women to come like I want to be able to help them in ways that he's helped me even when he leaves. Like, you know, because he's not going to be on a department forever. So once he's gone, we we need people that's going to fill in and and drop these jewels and knowledge. So I'm just trying to retain the information because it's a lot of it. Like he's a wealth of knowledge and he de- he definitely likes to lecture. But um <laughs> taking it in and being able to retain it and apply it when it's necessary and then help people that's coming up.
0: You know, uh so can you drop some of his what's some? what were some of his jewels that he dropped on you?
1: He's basically like, yo, know, you know, it's one thing to have the title, he said. But then the other part and the reason why I promoted you is that you did to do the job, he said, mm-hmm. and to continue to educate yourself and learn, understand who you're working with and their capabilities and, and figure it out in a way that everybody goes home and to keep everybody safe. Like at the end of the day, like when you are the officer, you are in charge and you got to take great pride in that. Like, you know, make sure you know your stuff. But then he's the one that also told me like and and don't be so hard on yourself. Like you're going to make mistakes, but the important piece is recovering. Mm-hmm. You got to recover from it. He's like, that's, that's key in this job. Like, cause nobody's going to do everything 100% perfectly. He says, and I get it. Like, he's like, I know that you might be nervous or scared to ask people questions because you don't want them to like, think about what you know and what you don't because they're your biggest critics. He said, but at the end of the day, you got to put yourself in a position to best be a leader.
0: Yeah. Um, to to Mika Barnett, you know, uh, uh, first, black female lieutenant for the Syracuse fire department. Now, Tamika, you know, I just think that so many people are going to be so, are are already inspired by your story. What I like about you is that you are just so straight up, which are, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and I know people, I know I'm not the first person that ever said that to you.
1: (laughs) I'm very very direct.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I really do appreciate that uh, uh, about you. I mean, is it, would you like to be chief someday?
1: Well, see, they asked me that in the interview yesterday, and I'm definitely always pushing to go forward. But right now, this is such a huge accomplishment. I'm still trying to digest this, and I still, hey. like, I have so much to learn. Like, mm-hmm. so right now, I'm just focused on the now, because now, like, we just made history. And, like, yeah. I now it's time to do the job. Like, you know, we got the title, like, everybody's proud, but now it's time to to dig in and do the job and be an effective leader before I could start thinking about what's next.
0: You know, I appreciate that. And so what would you, one of the things you said that I appreciate is that when I came on, I started to do my research and I started to look at the history. And you looked at, you called Danita, you said, I need to know, I need to know. It seems to me that your suggestion then for people who have goals and who aspire is to look at what people have done before and see what you can learn from them. I love this, I because sometimes we forget the past. And and I think it's so important. So would you just drop some wisdom for our audience, uh, for those listening, whatever stage of life they are, about how to, to, to reach forward for the impossible dream that you made possible? I think well,
1: the only thing that I would suggest is like you have to understand... Like how the structure, how the organization is working to move forward, because for me, like it's hard for me to press to be a lieutenant if I don't know the things that need to went through, because then I wouldn't understand the changes that the department's had over the 30 years. And you could get stuck in a spiral of just being negative because of what you're dealing with now. So mm-hmm. once I, you know, because you still deal with a lot now. And you might think that this is the worst case scenario but when you listen to danita speak and you hear the things that she went through i'm like all right so maybe life isn't so bad because we've come from where she was to where i am now and what can i do to make this better for the future female firefighters and it's just like once you understand that and and not so much always focus on what's going on negative and one of the things that i really had to learn because i wasn't always good at it because i'm so direct is like I stopped focusing all on all of the negative things that were happening at work. And I spent my time focusing on the people that really supported me and where I wanted to be. And once I started doing that, like, you know, the possibilities were endless. Like the support was coming in because now it wasn't me just complaining about the things I didn't like. It was me embracing the people that was really trying to support me and uplift me. So with anything... Like nothing's ever gonna always be perfect, but understand that, like, you know, and respect it. I'm not saying overlook it, but you need to store that in the back of your mind. But to move forward, you need to understand, like, look at the positive aspects of it and focus on what's positive because like the light always outshines the dark. Like if you wanna, if you wanna focus on just the negative aspects, you're gonna find yourself in a spiral like a downward spiral. And I'm not saying we're not going to ignore it and act like it's not happening, but there's still so much good things happening and positive things that once I start focusing on that and the people that supported me versus the people that didn't like me, like I had a completely different experience on the fire department. And I think it really saved my career.
0: Well, and you're out here saving lives. One of Syracuse's bravest Syracuse fire lieutenant Tamika Barnett. Syracuse Fire Department, also Commissioner of Education, also an entrepreneur and a grill master. Um, You know, I I just want to say this. uh, I don't know if you're the grill master because I haven't tasted the grill master's food. So I guess that's a challenge. i got
1: to make sure I get you some smoke. Okay. Okay.
0: Tamika, we really appreciate you for joining us and we we glad you spent some time with us to really uh, help us to understand the history of who you are, and we wish you so much success. You are inspiration for the nation.
1: Thank you for having me, and I appreciate everything you do when using your platform to educate the community.
0: Thank you, inspiration um, for the nation. So don't uh don't go anywhere. Um. Uh yes stop.